it's something that you really feel is your magic, right? It's really gifted to be here on the world, in the world and serve people in this way. Then how do you set it up to really win long-term? Welcome, welcome, welcome back, Magic Makers. Today I have a repeat client, student, and now friend of mine joining me on the podcast today. Her name is Ashley Bird Williams, and she is a absolute genius when it comes to the stuff that I hate doing, which is the more left brain finance, business plan stuff. Ashley Bird, so her nickname is Bird and her business is called Bird Williams. Just so if you hear me call her Ashley or you hear me call her Bird, I'm talking about the same person. So she started out on Wall Street as an investment banking analyst, and she did all the fancy stuff that, frankly, it just sounds like a buzzword soup to me, like executing equity transactions for global finance clients. And she has a business degree in international business and finance. Like, (laughs) it's so funny when you hear that about her, because then you meet her and she's got this thousand watt smile. She's just the warmest friendliest, kindest human. And it like doesn't fit the picture of what you think of as Wall Street corporate financial analyst at all, which is awesome because she makes it so easy to learn from her about this stuff that frankly feels inaccessible to most people, myself included. So Today on the podcast, we're talking about some of the stuff that is not shiny object syndrome, like it's not as sexy as marketing and doing logos and making a website. Like this is the stuff that is the foundational stuff that if you don't pay attention to it early, it absolutely will come back to bite you in the ass later. (laughs) And what she does now, she is no longer a Wall Street person. She hasn't been for a long time. Now she helps entrepreneurs launch and grow their businesses by co-developing, like co-creating strategic systems and operations that help people turn dreams into actual businesses, like actual profitable business ventures. She does this in a few ways, but she has a course called Prove It Plan where she teaches a five-part framework for developing a business plan, like a real-ass business plan that you could actually take to investors, like a fancy person. And then she also has something called Know Your Numbers, which just launched, which is essentially just that financial piece that a lot of people get stuck on. And I really wanted her to come on the podcast after we worked on the sales page copy for Know Your Numbers. Because I was like, oh my God, Ashley, like, I'm not sure I know my numbers. And I'm betting a lot of my listeners would like to know more about what they don't know. Like, you don't know what you don't know. So I invited her to come on the podcast. And of course, our conversation was amazing. But also, what really struck me was in our conversation, we talked a lot about sustainability and longevity. So many small businesses fail in the first six months to a year 
mainly because of not having these structures in place, but also burnout that comes from not having these structures in place. Just being on that hamster wheel and burning yourself out, trying to do something instead of getting support when you need it early so that you can have a sustainable, profitable, long-term business that allows you to, her words, stay in your lane of your core competency. What is it that you actually like doing? What is the main gift that you give to people? Setting yourself up so that most of your time is spent doing your core competency and the other things are taken care of. So I'm really excited for you to listen to this conversation with Ashley Bird Williams. Welcome, Ashley Bird Williams, to Find Your Magic. Thank you so much for having me. This is going to be fun. This is going to be fun. I feel so honored whenever I get to have one of these conversations with someone where I intimately know their business and I intimately know like what's going on behind the scenes for them. And uh, I am, for those who don't know, Ashley is a repeat client, new friend. Like we've worked together on a few projects. And so I've seen the behind, behind the scenes of your business a bit, but I also feel like when we did our deep dive, that's, I think it's such an honor. Like it's actually a container I feel almost is sacred mm. because as you know, it gets emotional mm. and we talk about so much more than copy or mm. sales or anything like that. So before we hit record, you were saying that you wanted to maybe start with that idea of finding your magic, but keeping your magic too. So why don't we start by you just giving a brief overview of what your business is yes, and then addressing that idea of finding and keeping your magic. Love it. Let's do it. So my business, I have a few. Um, <laughs> the most uh, active one, the one, the one I'm, I guess I'm super duper involved in right now is The League. That's kind of how it all got started. So I was working on Wall Street as an investment banking at- analyst right out of college. Loved the hustle and bustle and the grind, but did not feel fulfilled. I was just like, this is great, but like what everyone else is excited about does not excite me. And I don't I didn't look to my VPs and managing directors and thought, I want that. I would thought, I do not want that. Mm-hmm. And I didn't know what I wanted. And I just, long story short, wrote a list of things that just lit me up, things that just I would just do for free, right? Like work that I just enjoyed, I always have as a kid. And kind of one day just came to me, like, I think I want to be an entrepreneur. Had new, no clue what that would look like. I kind of rekindled things with my now husband. Um, we had broken up. It's a whole other story, but it's great. <laughs> we got back together. It all worked out. <laughs> hey, talk about finding and keeping magic. I mean, right? I was going to make this point later, but your relationship with your business is like a romantic relationship. And there's a point where you're like, am I going to marry it? Okay. And then you <laughs> you break up and you're like, oh no. Like I even think sometimes about going back to corporate America and I'm like, I don't, I wouldn't last a week in corporate I America. Know. I want the autonomy and the flexible schedule and all the things. So then you just come back. That's exactly, I came right back to Terry. Like we should definitely get married and do this. And so I moved back to Houston. He was a trainer and long story short, I was like, you should have your own gym where your clients come. I can build a model. We can get investors. I was 24. He was 26. We launched the league almost 10 years ago. It'll be 10 wow. years 
on December 1st. Um, wow. This year, I know it's wild. And long story short, we uh, we launched it. It did it it didn't do well, and then it did well really quickly, and we grew to two locations, and the rest is history. So that's like my business baby. That was before I had my actual children, my three babies, my three <laughs> babies, and I just love so much what we get to do through the league. But in about 2019, right before the pandemic, you know, it was a well-oiled machine and I was only spending about three hours a week um, in the business. And I, I was like, what are my other interests? And it was really like small business strategy and building and you know, launching businesses. A lot of friends would come to me um, with their business ideas and would want advice. And so I ended up creating Bird Williams. And that's my consulting and strategy firm where I help um, new business owners or even business owners who have been in, it's it's kind of like zero to three year phase mm-hmm. uh, that are kind of launching and trying to grow their, their brand. And um, it's been so much fun. That is my magic. You know, that is my, like what lights me up um, mm-hmm. and kind of like, uh, I just, I just, I just love it so much. So I've been doing that for a few years, obviously with the pandemic, it got kind of wild managing the gym and that, and I've kind of settled in a little bit where we are expanding the gym right now. So that's why I say I'm knee deep in legal documents and calls with my CPA and hiring and all the fun things. But yes, when I sat down to think about like, Ooh, what are we going to talk about? This is going to be fun. I saw find your magic. And I thought about how important that is in, in small business and how typically what I see is, you know, an entrepreneur, a small business owner has, has this little piece of magic, right. That they want to now put out into the world and, you know, make a thing and it's exciting and fun. And there's all this energy around it. And over time, you know, the nature of business, the ups and downs can lead to burnout, right? And I find that a lot of the times that especially happens when you aren't able to do your core competency, when you're having to focus on all the businessy things, right? Mm, yes. so I'll get a photographer who comes in and he loves photography and he wants to like leave his job and do photography. But then it's like, there's taxes and there's, you know, yeah. contracts and there's bad customers and customer service. And it's like, I didn't want, I didn't want to do that. You know? And even Terry says, he's like, I would have never done this business without you. Cause you do all the things I don't like. And I say, well, you do all the things I don't like if I don't want to go to classes, you know? Um, and so it kind of worked. And so <clears throat> That's what I think is so important is really figuring out what are you uniquely gifted to do and developing a plan to get you in that lane as soon as possible. The reality is it's not, it depends on your resources, your time, your money, your energy to see how soon you can just focus on your core competency, but being intentional from the beginning about how to say, I'm operating in my lane of genius as soon as possible Mm. is going to help you know, negate some of that burnout and and the losing of your magic to where you're like, I I don't do this anymore. Oh my gosh. There's so much there. There's so (laughs) many gold nuggets there that we can mine out of that. But I love the idea of core competency being like a North star, like a lighthouse that is sort of, you're, you're trying to do that as much as possible. You will have to do other things but if you can be focusing as much of your time as possible on that core competency, also, I just love that term. Um, that makes a lot of sense to me because what I see happening as someone who works with people in a variety of businesses, just like you, right? People come to work with us from, I mean, we could, I could never predict like yeah. the the insane variety of people 
and their core competencies or their passions that they come to me with. Universally, the thing they are frustrated with is they don't know how to communicate that core competency to people who want to pay them, which, Mm -hmm. you know, copywriting. And they feel like they don't know what they're doing with everything that isn't the core competency. And it sounds like you have the same experience. Yes, exactly. And of course, you being the words girl said it so well, said it so much better than I did. And Not I love it. At all. No, it's great. It's it's so true that um, you know, it's it's a lot. And I don't know why. I think as a kid, I was just wired to kind of almost project management, logistics planning. I like seeing the big picture and figuring it all out. That stresses a lot of people out, you know, Yeah, (laughs) my husband. And so I think what's so important is, you know, having a plan, like I said, to get there as soon as you can. And and for example, I I thought about whenever we launched the league, like, I am a finance major. I did investment banking on Wall Street. So even like bookkeeping was fun for me. Like I loved getting in quick books. Kill me. I know. I know. <laughs> it, it was my so, creative part. I can't do it. It was so fun. I would do it every Friday. I could like see myself in the gym, like excited to pull out QuickBooks and categorize all of our expenses. And I literally, my shoulders, you guys, if you could see, my shoulders just crept up towards my ears. Like I can't. But like, this is the exact point we're trying to make, right? Like for whatever reason, that's your thing. (laughs) And that's, that's also something that's so important to the other point of, um, you know, wanting to communicate our core competency and feel really seen and feel really heard. Like, remember that someone for whom that is not their core competency, they're going to be so freaking grateful. (laughs) They found you. Right. Right. Oh my God. I love it. I love it. And see, and even to go further. So like I said, I start off, I'm 24, no kids, all the energy, all the time, not so much money, but we had investors. So it was great, but I'm like rocking and rolling with these QuickBooks until I start having kids. And my first one, I realized I was nine months behind our bookkeeping. I was doing this weekly at one point and now I'm nine months behind mm. and that was obviously terrible. And I go to our CPA and get, get payroll and bookkeeping and all this set up. But it's also to make the point that there are some things that you might start off enthusiastic about that over time, I mean, we were just one location, then we were two very quickly, you know, within mm. just over a year, we had two locations and I had kids and I, you know, just a lot going on. And so being able to really assess as you are on this journey, where am I? Um, where do I need to be in this business to, you know, make the most of my time and my brain and my energy and efforts. And so I think that's something to point out as well as how that can kind of change over time. Totally. Yeah. This is kind of off topic, but maybe not. Have you heard of fair play? Yes. Okay. I had an amazing guest a couple months ago, Dr. Veronica Ao, and she, is a black woman and she came on and she was telling me about the the idea of like who holds what cards mm. right so for anybody who doesn't know what fair play is let me back up so fair play was a book and then a like a card like a deck of cards um and each card represents some sort of task that needs to be done to keep the household running as though it was a corporation, as though it was a business. Like that's the way they describe it. And 
even if one partner might be holding more of the cards for whatever season of life that you are in, the acknowledgement that someone is holding their those cards is very important. And like the appreciation that someone holds those cards is important. And what you were just saying about like having a child and having two locations, like it changed the season that you were in. It changed the amount of cards that maybe you were able to hold at that time. And where a lot of people get stuck is they just shame themselves for not being able to hold those cards anymore. Instead of being like, oh, maybe I should look to my resources or look outside of my current bubble to see if somebody else can help me hold these cards. Woo. Yes. Yes, Kelsey. Like, again, worded so well. If y'all could see me, I was enthusiastically <laughs> nodding, talking because yes. And I even love that you said, like, think outside of the bubble, because sometimes you just have this limited view of how you're supposed to operate in the business because you've always done these things and you just don't think maybe I could hire someone else to do this. Mm -hmm. And I think it really kind of comes down to, and I think that's a part of the game. I've never seen the game. I started reading the book, but you just identifying what are all these cards? What are all the things I do? When I look at my calendar from the last two weeks, what did I do in the business? Mm -hmm. Uh, What did I do working in the business and on the business? And you know, what of this lights me up and what of this doesn't. And mm. so I think that's where it kind of goes to kind of being intentional. One of the programs I offer is called Prove It Plan. It's for developing a strategic business plan. And that goes through foundation, financial operations and marketing. So it's like you have a rock solid game plan that you're, you know, I teach you how to look at it every quarter and kind of update it and tweak it. And that's like my, my golden book, I guess, for how I run my businesses. But If you wanted to just start in one place, I have another program called Know Your Numbers. And it's important to know your numbers to be able to understand how much bandwidth do I have financially to be able to hire a virtual assistant, to be able to outsource my payroll or bookkeeping Mm -hmm. um, and to make it more real. Because I think it feels so big and it doesn't have to, you know, it can, it can actually be much simpler. And a lot of the clients that I work with um, who are not in business yet, or maybe just have a side hustle, they have a nine to five and they're trying to figure out you know, I can get by a couple months without paying myself this salary, but I have like kind of like good, better, best in terms of salary goals. Like if you don't know your numbers, mean meaning you haven't kind of projected your revenue and expenses and profit to know when you can, you can start paying yourself. It's hard to say if you should leave your job or not. It's hard to convince your partner maybe, or an investor maybe, right? If you don't know these things. So I think that's like a really important place to start. Yeah. Well, and it's also making me think, Bird, that this is preventative medicine, Mm. right? Like this is something because (laughs) put a finger down if, right? um, If you started with a really passionate idea, you made all of the crap on Canva, you got, you bought the domain name, you got the Instagram, uh, Instagram handle. And you like were gung ho for about 60 days and then up came what you're just talking about, having to do things like bookkeeping, business plan. Do I need investors? Can I quit my job? Like the, everything that I think is the burn, the recipe for burnout, right? Because you like 
go really hard, really fast. You're super passionate. And then like all this stuff you don't want to do acts like, like you keep putting rocks in the backpack and it gets harder and harder and harder to get up that hill. And then eventually you're just like, I just need to sit down and rest for a second. And then a lot of times we don't get back up. We Mm -hmm. just leave the backpack there. We abandon it and we run back down the hill to corporate America. Like that happens more often than sitting with the backpack and taking out the rocks one by one and being like, do I need to hold on to this rock? Do I need to hold on to social media or can I hire a social media manager and give them this rock? Mm -hmm. Do I need to hold on to the rock of bookkeeping or can I hire a CPA to take Mm -hmm. this rock from me so that I can get up the hill faster. Right. Right. Cause there's so much, there's so much of a return on investment that sometimes it's hard to see, you know, mm, totally. this backpack full of rocks up this hill means you can go faster. You know, you can not only operate in your core competency, but focus more of your attention there, which will grow sales. Right. Yeah. Um, it can yeah. feel like an expense, but if there's an, a return on that investment, you know, it's more, I like to say investment, you're investing yeah. in your giving money and throwing in the trash. It's investing into something which could be time. It could even just be time to sleep or enjoy your family or or just have some rest, you know? Yeah. One thing that was a huge game changer for us when we started, when we hired a, a virtual assistant, um, which eventually became an executive assistant was SOPs and just really getting tight with that, which, you know, the idea of a SOP is a standard operating procedure. So we kind of, lightly had them. But when we started to really delegate these things we had started to make more hardcore, real SOPs with video tutorials of how to do things. And it was just such a, an extra lift because it's like, if I want to take a break, take, go on vacation or just take a day off, or if I go on maternity leave or if for fill in the blank, mm-hmm. I get sick. It's not like the business has to stop. It's because we actually have SOPs of how to run this entire thing. I actually had a, I had a podcast back in the day. It's called Mm -hmm. business. And I had a young lady, her name was Brittany. I can't think of her last name right now. She's amazing young lady. And she was on the podcast and she shared how uh, she did operations like SOPs and and that sort of thing. And um, she shared how her dad unfortunately passed away. And, um, she was doing something completely different with her life. Her dad passes away. He had a CPA firm, I believe it was, and it was all on her to like figure it out. And she had no clue. And she comes into this office full of papers and he had written everything down, but there was no, you know, system or process. It was like mostly all in his head. And, you know, unfortunately he wasn't with us anymore. And she said, not only was she grieving her, the loss of her dad, but now she's having to try to figure out how to sell this company that she does and so that is what kind of got her into like this whole thing of like the importance of operations and things. And so you just never know not to be dire and no, <laughs> not at all. No, it's, that's actually, that makes me think of we're a mental health podcast as much as we're a business podcast. So love talking about grief. I actually am going to run with this yeah. and say, when my dad died, same thing, it was all in his head. There was an element of control also. And I am sitting here going, wow, I kind of need to sit with this myself because I don't know that I have SOPs where I could hand this business off to somebody and be like, this is how you do everything that doesn't directly come from my brain, right? Because the copywriting does directly come from my brain, but everything else, like 
am I setting both myself up for success and anybody that I end up hiring for success? Or am I being a bit controlling? That's a tough question. That's a tough question. And that was a yes for me back in 2014. We, it took us about a year to hire our first, even front desk. Like I was working the front desk for every class. And I do you find, I'm sorry to interrupt you, Ashley. Do you find that that's common with entrepreneurs? Yeah. Trying to do it all. Right. And it's always like, well, it's basically trust. How do I, how could I trust someone? It's funny now because we have a whole team of hosts, but I was like, well, what if they process the transaction wrong? What if it's like, none of this is going to destroy the world. Like, you know, like like, it's okay if they, we could email the client and there's a process for, if you accidentally do this wrong, then, you know, it, but it feels so big because it's your baby and because it's so special to you. And, um, but man, it was just such a game changer to be able to release that and not be trying to do two things at once. I can't serve the clients who are coming to check in at the front desk. Well, when I'm also on this side laptop, trying to do our bookkeeping. Right. Mm -hmm. And that's, that's the situation. That's what the scene was. It was a hot mess. And I finally said, let me hire. And it has been, you know, a game changer ever since. Mm, Yeah. Gosh. So let's talk about prove it plan for a second. Cause that was your, like another baby. Let's go. (laughs) What led you like, besides just having the time, what led you to create that program in the first place? It was just such a good answer to the continual problems I would see. And I even organized it the way I did for a reason. To your earlier point, people would come to me with, I have my Instagram handle, I have my website, I have like the cute stuff, right? But it's like, well, you know, how much, when are you going to become profitable? Right. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, how do you, when you look to scale and grow, what does that look like? You know, when I started asking these kinds of questions, what is the problem you're solving and how are you doing it in a unique way? How are you communicating that to clients? None of that, you know, it was like, well, I have mm-hmm. my, you know, and I'm ready to put the cute stuff on Instagram, which right. is awesome. But I strategically put marketing to the last pillar of the program. Um, mm-hmm. And the last, the last one is pulling it all together. But first we start with foundation. So I kind of built it over time. It took many, many iterations to get to prove it plan. Um, and I said, foundation is, is important first. And it's one of the most favorite, you know, modules of my clients. Cause it's, it really starts to kind of do what we did in the deep dive, ask some big questions about, you know, what's your vision? What's your mission? What's your, um, core values? I think that's really important to establish as a business because all of that feeds into, um, your brand and your brand is so important, right? And even with the league, as we're franchising now, what we're licensing to franchisees is our brand. Yeah. What is what is our core values and how does that feed into our brand? It's not just something we put on our website, but love people well is woven into our marketing strategies and how we do events and how we train our employees by making sure they call people by name, right? Mm-hmm. So there's lots of ways to think about it to make it special and real and great. And you know, missing this, it's like, well, then you'll be just like everybody else who just maybe has cute stuff, but it's not, there's no foundation to it. So we start with foundation. Then we move into financial because if I'm honest, even sometimes before I do foundation, when it comes to just like a quick business idea, like if someone comes to me with a business idea, I'm kind of first thinking about numbers, trying to estimate how much money you think you'll make, how much you think this will cost. When do you become profitable? When can you start hiring X, Y, and Z, right? Um, And so that's also just the part that I love and get really excited about. (laughs) Well, and I think that that's super important because I think the finances more than any other piece makes it real. 
right? And that's the piece that makes it a business and not a hobby. Mm-hmm. Um, and actually understanding what it's going to take to get to the point you want to be at versus kind of putting blinders on and throwing spaghetti at the wall, you know, it's a big difference. It's a really big difference. And for me now, okay. So I started out as a freelancer in 2018 when I founded my magic words, copywriting. Right. But I didn't really do that. I just sort of started taking clients. Um, and then it just sort of snowballed over time and, you know, ups and downs, but it wasn't really until 2021, I want to say that I actually sat down and was like, let's set some KPIs. (laughs) Let's, let's decide what success actually looks like. Let's make some measurable goals. Let's track our launches rather than just being like, Oh, surprise money, you know? Right. Right. And I think it, that's why it kind of started with, it depends on like the resources you have and where you are, you know, for us, we were all in. So we, this was the only thing like me and my husband both had. So it like financially, right. We didn't have, like, it couldn't just happen. It had to make sense. And, and so it kind of depends on, I guess the season you're in for sure, but man, doing that, like you said, takes it from a hobby to a real business. And I think when you work with someone like me or other, you know, business strategists and consultants who have done it before and understand the unique things to look at, like you're going to have to save money for taxes, you know, and whether you pay quarterly estimated tax payments or you're going to pay it all at the end of the year, you got to figure that piece out. Are you going to be an S corp? Can you pay yourself? I know it's different in different States, but can you pay yourself the minimum required? I think, I think that's different in different States or maybe not. That might be a For anybody being like, what are we talking about? So S Corp, there's like different legal ways to set yourself up, which also I think is another piece that makes it very real and makes it a business. And by the way, you guys, you need this stuff if you ever want to pitch investors in any way. This is something that will absolutely benefit you, whether you are just one person or whether you think you want to have investors someday. This is you need to know this, but there are sort of different tiers that or labels that the government gives a business. Like you're either a sole proprietor, you're an LLC, which stands for limited liability corporation. I am so proud of myself for knowing that. And then an S corp, which is. Well, actually, so one is legal. Yeah. So S corp and C corp. But typically what, what what we see is folks will set up an LLC, like smaller businesses, right? And that's like, you're creating a separate entity separate from yourself so that mm-hmm. if someone's the business, they cannot come after your personal bank account, investment accounts, home, et cetera, mm-hmm. right? That's that. But then an S corp is actually a tax designation. Mm-hmm. So you need an LLC and have a S corp as a tax designation. And that helps you just not avoid that double taxation. Got it. Um, but there's requirements around it. And again, all of this is improvement plan. Um, I get this. <laughs> also trademarks, all the things, right? Yeah. But there's requirements around justifying an S-Corp. And it's really ironic that I was just on the phone with my CPA talking about this because we're setting up two new entities as we're um, expanding. And he's just trying to decide, like, do we, do we convert to an S-Corp now or do we wait for the business to become profitable? And there's different tax implications to that. So- mm. 
you want to know these things because one, okay, I'll just say, I remember when I started with my CPA, Albie, who is the bomb.com, he, mm-hmm. um, he saved us. He looked at our tax return. It had been a hot mess. We just, the business was growing, but we were having these crazy tax bills. We didn't even know about quarterly estimated tax payments and it was all happening so fast and we were just all over the place. And he looked at a line item on our tax return and it was like $17,000. And he was like, this, you could have saved this if you were just an S corp, this, this mm-hmm. would not year. And it was like, oh my God, like heartbreak, you know, mm. so just didn't know. Right. And so that's a part of prove it plan. It's almost like business school 101 teaching yeah. you things and helping you to know when it makes sense to transition and, 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 and things like that. This is all the things I wish I would have known. So to answer your question, that's how I kind of structured prove it plan. What do I wish I would have known? And then also what are the questions I'm consistently getting from people who are asking me to launch their business? And what is the right way to kind of flow through this. Um, mm. And so, yeah. Which I think, you know, if you guys are listening to this and going like, oh my God, there's so much I don't know. Holy <laughs> crap. Like, I don't even know if I should do this anymore. Like, please know that looking at everything at once is always going to feel overwhelming, but finding people like Ashley Bird, finding uh, resources that can like walk you through this stuff. It's out there and you can take it one step at a time, chunk by chunk. And the whole point of talking about this is because not knowing this, it sets you up to burn out later <laughs> uh, or have like get hit with surprise costs that you absolutely could have avoided. But also I cannot understate the value of the confidence I feel after having answered these questions for myself or Mm -hmm. after understanding better what does the structure of my business look like and having intention behind it. I feel so much better. And it allows me to, circling back, it allows me to stay in that lane, that core competency with a lot more ease and a lot less desperation and fear, right? Ooh, yes. Yes to every bit of that. I think that is, it's huge. And I love that you brought up the whole sustainability of business. There's a lot of small businesses that start, you know, I even think about us almost 10 years ago, like there's so many of the gyms that were around then, even like gym concepts that are just not even, even around anymore. And so it's not just about starting a business, but if it's something that you really feel is your magic, right? Mm-hmm. It's you get to, to be here on the world in the world and serve people in this way, then how do you set it up to really win long term? And like again, all depending on your resources, you might say, look, I don't have a whole lot of a time, or I don't have a whole lot of money, or I don't have a little, whole lot of energy, but you feel tend to have some of one of those things and mm-hmm. you didn't need that until you can build up more and you just use what you, I, I heard once excellence is doing the best you can with what you have, right? Mm. So whatever you have, maybe it's just two hours a night that you dedicate to working through this stuff, but, but do the work because then your business, I mean, the stories I hear of what we've done at the league over the years, it just blows my mind. Um, and it's just such an honor, but I'm grateful that we're still here, you know, even through a pandemic and all the things. And a lot of that has to do with, you know, these fundamental practices we put in place that, that helped us like survive all that and be sustainable. Mm, I love that. Before, before we wrap, I, I really want to, I want to give some people some hope. Like, were there any times where you felt like throwing in the towel? 
where you were like, <laughs> your face, where you were like, I don't know if A, if we're going to make it, but B, if it's worth it anymore. And if so, like, how did you make it through those times? Ooh, yes, girl. Yes. And you know, it's typically like for us, that messy middle, you know, like, obviously and for you know mountaintop moments are great it's awesome things are going well and then it's like those valley moments and that messy middle of like will there be another mountaintop like you know for me a big thing for me is just my faith my faith has really gotten me through that I've spoken before about like the difference between passion and purpose and I hear a lot of people say you know follow your passion I get what they're saying but passion can be fleeting right I'm passionate about travel I'm passionate about moms, but it doesn't mean that I need to necessarily start a business for travel Mm. moms, right? It's like, what do you feel that you might be uniquely purposed to do? And Mm. following that, it's like, you'll get through some of the crap, right? I'll Mm. I'll, I'll unclog toilets and, you know, do the not so fun stuff. I'll, you know, I'll, I'll do that and go the extra mile when it's bigger than just me and bigger than just a moment. So I think kind of reminding myself of the why and knowing that I'm not alone and that like God is with me, mm. girl, I don't say that even to be preachy or spiritual, but like there, even recently, um, like within this year, there was a time, I'll just be honest. So we, we decided to launch the franchise. We started, we decided to start franchising in 2020, which made zero sense. It wasn't actually even our idea. Honestly, we feel like it was like a God idea. It didn't make any sense. We're trying to keep our one little baby, our, our gym business alive during the pandemic. And then I was also pregnant with our third baby. And there was this like thing in our heart, like we need a franchise. What? No, we don't. Like, what, this is the worst possible time. And so there was just so many ups and downs over what has been three years. And so earlier this year, it just, you know, nothing had really stuck. Like we had kind of had some interest, but we're just going back and forth. And we had put so much money and time into it to where now I'm looking even at our personal finances, like, uh, this is making me really nervous. This is pretty scary. Like maybe we heard wrong. Maybe we shouldn't be doing this. And so I just straight up asked God, like, like I need a sign, like not even joking. Like I'm going to start rewinding some of this stuff. If, if it's not super duper clear that this is what you purpose us to do in this season, because it's mm-hmm. almost starting to feel irresponsible. Like it was, it was like, you know, enough, That's enough fair. Yeah. God, I hate that feeling. I know exactly what you mean. Like, is it irresponsible to pursue this dream? You know, like, and so I, I asked that. And when I tell you girl within days, it was like very clear long story short. I can't even say some stuff cause I had to sign an NDA, but we got a $20,000, $24,000 transaction one random Friday, the oh same God. day that someone reached out to us about one of the locations we're getting ready to launch. Like, Hey, there's this gym that got locked out, you know, in this ideal city that we love so much. And would y'all want to come and see it? And it's perfect. It looks just like our location. It's literally where I was talking with contractors today about, we just need to paint and change the logo on the turf. It's so easy to move in. Mm. Great. And it's like, okay, okay. I hear you God. Like, you know, that's what I do. I think in those moments where it's so hard, that's what I go to. And I just try to follow peace and, you know, it doesn't always have like those perfect little stories, right? It's not always cute, but that's my, that's my guidepost of like, God, if you're with me, I can do anything. I'll go to the mm. end of the earth. I'll like have no money in my bank account if I know you're with me. Mm. But if I feel like this is an Ashley idea or like, you know, then I I don't, I, I won't be able to sustain myself. It, it has to be much bigger than me. Mm. 
I love that. I love that so much. What a way to wrap up. Ashley, where can people find you, connect with you, learn from you, all the things? All the things. My website is birdwilliams.com, just B-I-R-D, williams.com. And I'm on Instagram at heybirdwilliams. Yay. And you guys, (laughs) she is such a joy. Like you have to follow her just for the pick me up. I can't tell you like the just the her she's the biggest smile of anyone I've ever met in my life like thousand watt smile and just seeing it pop up in your feed is just like an infusion of joy so definitely follow her thank you so much Kelsey you're so welcome you're so welcome thank you for being here and for having this conversation and Don't forget that if you were really confused or overwhelmed by the stuff we talked about in our messy middle of this episode, you can (laughs) learn that stuff from Ashley Bird. You can go to Bird Williams and you can look into the Prove It plan and you can look into Know Your Numbers. Like we've got you. You're taken care of. This is the sign. So yes. (laughs) All right. Thanks everybody for being here. Go out there and find some magic. All right, y'all know I'm about to ask you to subscribe to Find Your Magic on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you found us today. It truly helps podcasters pay their teams, find better guests, and give you good content. So if you want to hear more conversations about mental health and entrepreneurship, be sure to subscribe to Find Your Magic and leave us a review. Thanks for being here. Now go out there and find your magic.